Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch at genesis123.co, or you can send an email at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. You can send along any questions and any comments about any topic, anytime. Or you can reach Genesis123 Foundation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to uh, send you some really unique opportunities. And please feel free to share this with others who will also find it of interest. Like, like we've done most of this month, today's conversation is a repackaging of a previous conversation that we hosted as a live webinar recently. And it's because of the war. And as of, as of this recording, by the time you're hearing it, things may have changed significantly on the ground here in Israel. So I, I give you that caveat, knowing that we're still providing you content that is, well, is probably no more meaningful, no, excuse me, no less meaningful than no matter what stage in this war we're at. Following the Hamas October 7th terror attack and massacre of more than 1,400 Israelis, the Israeli army called up 300,000 reservists to buffer the already strong standing army. Incredibly, showing the signs of great resolve and unity, more than 360,000 reservists showed up. Many shuffled, shuttled home on rescue flights from all around the world, bringing young men and women to uh, return home to join their units as well. Today, more than 5% of Israel's population is serving in the IDF with men and women of all ages being called up, leaving home for an undetermined period of time, not as an exercise, but as a real war. The war is likely to get worse before it gets better, and there is no short-term end in sight. These men specifically who are putting their lives on the line have left their families, including parents and siblings, and especially wives and young children, tens or hundreds of thousands of children. The women left behind are holding up the home front in very challenging times, managing their homes and family, and often careers. Grandmothers, mothers-in-law have also stepped in, and especially where young children are, are involved. They manage while worried for their husbands, sons, and sons-in-law. In this conversation, we speak with a diverse group of women who are being impacted firsthand, how they're managing their work while caring for their children. What are their children experiencing and how does that play out? What do they want you to know most about what we're experiencing here in Israel today and how can you pray for Israel and how can you participate at this time? I pray that you will find this conversation meaningful and you will join us throughout the whole end of it to hear their challenges, their stresses, and on some occasions humor, and what's inspired them and what they fear. Genesis One Two Three Foundation, and uh, following who's following us live, I know most of you know what we do, but the eventuality that you don't, 
Um, our mission is simple, to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. We began uh, in 2020 the inspiration from Zion webinar series, which I was very excited was spun off to become the inspiration from Zion podcast, where I serve as the only Orthodox Jewish host of a weekly podcast from Israel, about Israel, on the Charisma Podcast Network. And for our Christian friends, you know what that what that's about. Today, joining us, or at least those who have registered thus far, we have people from Germany, Nigeria, the UK, Canada, the US, Trinidad, and Bolivia, as well as Israel. Um, and, and of course, our guests, um, who it's, I think it's not proper to call them panelists, because as you'll hear from them, they're much more. Um, I, I do want to just offer, as we, uh, a couple of announcements. Um, first of all, uh, so I don't forget, um, we often make these announcements at the end, but I'm afraid I'm going to forget. Tonight's, um, tonight's I say tonight, it's 10 o'clock at night here in Israel uh, program. Tonight's uh, conversation is in memory of Hanan Gang, uh, the, the father of a good friend um, who is currently uh, in the week of mourning, Shiva, and Yitzchak Wiesel, whose son I only met today and who literally provided tons, not tons, but but lots and lots of kilos of meat for us to serve at a barbecue tomorrow for families of evacuees who live in the Gaza border area. And, and what a that's a con separate conversation in and of itself. For everyone who's following live, you're invited to use the Q&A feature for uh, any, any questions and comments. I will do my best to moderate all of those and um, and we were gonna we're gonna be respectful of Nava, Chevy, and Nahama's time tonight, um, especially Nahama, who may leave early. We hope uh, for good reasons, and we're gonna try and make this all within about an hour. But we're gonna do our best, um, and certainly all of this is gonna be recorded. Those of you who have registered will get a copy of the uh, YouTube once it's uploaded, um, and the podcast will come out next week. I also want two quick announcements. You may hear my phone dinging and interrupting. Um, I've taken to, in the last almost three weeks to leave my phone on, not on silent, um, during all of my TV interviews, all of my radio interviews, all of my briefings, all of my webinars, and all of my prayer events, so that should there be an air raid siren somewhere in the country, you're hearing the alert on my phone. And obviously, except for Nava, who we hope does not have air, we don't hope, hope nobody does, but Nava is joining us from England. Um, if any of you need to leave for a couple of minutes, we obviously understand if there's a siren in your community. I made a mistake that my cousin pointed out in the invitation by implying that only men were called up. Obviously that's not the case. Many, many women um, who serve, who serve in reserves were called up as well, but we're having a conversation today with women whose husbands are serving where you're now uh, being a, for, for a short time, we hope, a single parent and dealing with uh, some time, it's, it's a bit traumatic. Um, I do want to underscore what I just told you. We're, you're gonna answer whatever questions you want to. Don't answer whatever questions you don't want to. Interject anything. Um, this is a non-political conversation. It's a non-military conversation, but I invite our guests today to make any comments about anything because it's really, their time. Um, what I'd like to start doing is just begin 
um, just I'll, I'll go around and ask each of you just to please introduce yourselves, who you are, where you are, um, where, who's, what's your husband's name, so people who want to be praying for him, talk about your children, how many, where they, uh, what ages, if you like, um, where you're originally from, and uh, and your profession, if you're if you're also doing uh, managing a, a a career in addition to um, your household at the moment. Um, Nava, because you're on the top of the screen next to me, we'll just start with you. Yeah, sure. Hi, good evening. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. So my name my name is Nava Deutsch. I'm married to um, Zacharia. We used to live in Israel. I I grew up in Switzerland, and then I moved to Israel. I met Zacharia, and we got married, lived in Efrat, and um, we have two kids, a four-year-old, uh, Yair, uh, a boy, and a two-year-old girl, Tamar. Yair actually just celebrated his uh, his fourth birthday last Shabbat, which sadly Zacharia wasn't part of it because he was called back uh, almost two weeks ago. So um, right now we live in in Leeds, um, in which is in England. We live on the um, university campus, and um, we work for an organization called um, University Jewish Chaplaincy, where we basically host uh, Jewish students. We help them out with any clashes if they have a. Um, tests on the Sabbath or um, any anti-Semitism anti and anything going on on campus. Um, yeah, we're we're here for them. And Amazing. and you're in your third year there. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We'll come back to. We'll come back to that. Nahama. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Nahama. I am married to Tom. Although I've actually been starting to use his Hebrew name throughout this three-week period of the war because people keep on asking if they can pray for him. And traditionally, when we pray for somebody, we pray with their Hebrew name and then the son of or the daughter of and then their mom's name. They're alive. So um, married to Tom, but also Tuvia. And his name, his Hebrew name is actually Tuvia Nisan Ben wow. Yehudit, which translates to graciousness of the Lord, miraculous, the son of Jewish woman. <laughs> so... I just started calling him by his Hebrew name because I'm like, what greater time than to invoke graciousness of the Lord, miraculousness, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems silly to refer to him as Tom during this time. So um, we are the proud parents of three little girls. We have Ahuva, who's 11, Adina, who's eight, and Leah, who is five. And... For the past almost three weeks, we haven't seen our husband and father, and he's a very, like, central part of our family, as you can understand. Like, they're daddy's girls, you know what I mean? Like, um, and we really miss him. Thank God. We feel so grateful that we're actually able to be in contact with him. I know some people don't have their phone on them, or, they, you know, they don't know where their spouse is stationed, but we do. Um, and, yeah, here we are. We're just you, like kind of thrust into this. And you may be leaving us. Uh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> at like 930 tonight, I actually got a text from my husband and he was like, hey, I'm on the way home for a few hours. And I was like, what? I was like, you don't know what I'm doing tonight. And he's like, no, what? 
Um, and I explained to him this and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll probably be home at like, you know, 10.08, but like, I'll get gas on the way. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stall a little bit. So that's really, really exciting. Yes, it is. I think it may be a little bit of a tease for the kids. Cause then like, we'll kind of have to say goodbye again and go back to square one, but I think it's better. For how long is he going to be home? Sorry. Just overnight. I think he has to leave probably at like 10 tomorrow morning. Yeah. We'll Thank take you, what Nicole. we can get, you know? Yeah, exactly. Chevy. Yeah, I've been warned about that, by the way, because um, so I'll just like start from the yeah. beginning. My name is Chevy, uh, Chevy Makitar. Uh, I'm married to David or David. And a lot of people like to refer to him in that way. Um, and I also got a surprise call this morning that he came back um, to visit us for a short 24 hour period. Um, it was my intention to get him back specifically today because we celebrated my my eldest um, who is five, we celebrated her birthday this evening. So that's also a little bit of my background noise because uh, my in-laws are here. Um, so at 10, 15 PM. So yeah, so the little bit noisy in my background, if you do hear it, so I apologize uh, on that. And also tonight I'm not alone, thankfully. Um, my husband got called up that Saturday uh, evening, um, October 7th. And basically we haven't seen him since then. Um, and by we, I have two daughters, one who is five, uh, Lotem, and one who is two and nine months named Inbar. Um, Lotem means a flower, a specific flower. Um, and Inbar is the Hebrew word for amber. Um, so for those who don't speak Hebrew, those are, those are the, uh, in here. <laughs> My husband just stepped out of the kids' room to tell his mother-in-law to quiet down. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we live in Roshayim, which is a suburb of Tel Aviv. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, Jonathan, you mentioned the siren alert because we just had one about 45 minutes ago. Um, and I apologize in advance, but if we do have another one, <laughs> the priorities are pretty clear for me <laughs> and I'll just step up and leave. So I apologize for that, but I'll, I'll come right back. Great. Uh, so. Um, let, let, let me jump in, Chevy, because yeah. your husband was called up, not everyone was called up on that first day on on um, on October 7th. And and I know because both my son and my son-in-law, and we're now three of us in, in this conversation, have had birthdays of little people with, with, with in your case, or without uh, fathers. My son-in-law was home on Monday night, but went home. And today was my grandson's fifth birthday party. And that's a challenge for you as mothers to celebrate and and do so um when when the the other when the father is not home um by the fact that your husband was called up on the very first day indicates a um a combat position am i correct 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 yeah what is he in in the northern border um and not in the southern border basically you know the state of israel was afraid once that attack took place immediately they understood that we have uh, we potentially might have a threat from two fronts um, and therefore immediately recruited also a very large amount of soldiers to go both down south and up north. So my husband has been pretty far up north. I can't say where, but pretty far up north and, and been patrolling the border um, or close to the border um, for the last three weeks. So, you know, practicing and doing everything they need to be prepared um, if uh, anything turns turns to the worse. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, we were following very closely. One of my friends actually from the army, I used to serve in the army. I don't know who mentioned it before, but for me about the female reservists, yeah. you, yeah, you mentioned it for me, that was part of the hardest, one of the hardest things during this war. I think I mentioned this to you, Jonathan, but I used to be called up every single battle that we had 
Um, so I was an officer in the in the education corps, and usually what we do is um, we help the civilians uh, during a war or any kind of round of violence. Um, and I'm used to being called up in uniform. This was the first time that I wasn't called up myself, and it was that was a very <laughs> it took a toll on me emotionally also because. Um, but we can discuss that later. But I think that was part of the the battle is that he was called up and not me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a very weird weird feeling. Um, but you know, and we it evolved. Do you, <laughs> That's do, you feel, do you feel like you're not contributing? I did feel that at the beginning, to be completely honest. Um, I used to work for an Israel education organization, so I was either in uniform helping down south. Uh, unfortunately, actually also during the second Lebanon war, I was also in uniform. So um, I was either in uniform or I was helping, you know, with the uh, anti-Israeli sentiment online and in social media and just on campuses and whatever, um, or doing both. And this is the first time that I'm really not doing either one. Um, And it felt like I'm just, quote unquote, just a mom. Hmm. Um, That was a very hard feeling for me. Again, not, no disrespect to anyone and, you know, to each their own. And, and I, I love my children and I love my role as a mom, but it's not the only thing that defines me. Um, and and for me, I love how I see like Jonathan's face a little bit puzzled, but Nava and Nahama's like, no, I'm not puzzled. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding to the best of my ability to understand that. And I respect it. And, and I, and I'm really grateful for you sharing that so openly. It's, it's got, we're, we're having a serious conversation about all of the implications of you three being home alone as mothers. And that's part of yours Yeah, that you would have otherwise, you normally would have been called up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's an incredible insight also into the Israeli army. Our soldiers want to fight. Like they have such a nationalistic pride that you really felt like a lot, like it was a struggle for you. Yeah, that you were not yeah. being called up because you feel left out kids, of like yeah. the biggest party ever, right? It's not yeah. hard, but it's the biggest thing happening in our history. Yeah, um, it's just amazing. Like you're not you're not shying away, you're not backing down. Like you're upset right. that you're not able to serve. It's incredible to do more, really to yes. do more it's in volumes. Yeah, Nahama, it, to the hard. extent that you can tell us where Tuvia is uh, stationed and what he's doing. Um, so he also left um on that first Saturday, October seventh. It wasn't a birthday party per se, but it was actually, um, it was a holiday called Simchat Torah, which is celebrating our Torah. And we were at like a big community potluck lunch, basically. And it was a really happy day. And there's dancing and singing and candy and food. And just, he he had to just leave in the middle. And I think the hardest part was like watching the kids. I'm going to answer your question in a second. Uh, The hardest part was just watching the kids like separate from him. It just ripped my heart out especially my oldest who really understood what was going on. Like she just was inconsolable and it was really, really difficult. I even had to have somebody take the kids so I could like cry and emote. Anyway, he's serving what his unit did um, there in combat. Also, they went and replaced a unit that went down South. um, And they basically are guarding like the Arab village that they had previously been guarding. So they just kind of switched places with, you know, with troops that were moving down south and now they're just kind of protecting the the Jews that live in villages around there and just you know keeping the peace over there to make sure oh. uh, the Arabs don't. Nava, did you log in from somewhere else? We have your husband. No. Oh, hello. Look at this. No, I see I see Zachary's picture. Right. Um well, that's so interesting. 
Um, yeah. Where, where, where is Zachariah? He, he, I, I don't know, was he called up on that first day? It was Shabbat there. So, uh, so it's yeah, so we celebrated two days of, of, uh, oh, yeah. So because we're here just for a short amount of time, we, um, we did, um, do have a dollar in between and, um, and we heard about what's going, what, what's going on, but actually also like at Shul, um, everyone came at the synagogue. Yeah. At, at the synagogue. Um, most of the people, most of the students told us that something is going on in Israel. And, um, yeah. And then, um, when we heard what was going on for real, when we checked the news and everything, um, we actually, um, had to go back then in the evening to celebrate some Chatorah. Ah, true. That was like such a big, big, so, so hard. It was, it was really, really hard. Um, so, so Zachariah didn't get called up right away. He um um got called up a week and a half ago, if I remember right. Okay. And um and yeah, and since then he's he's there. We we can Hi. be in touch. Hi. Sophia, welcome home. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, it's in real time. Hold on, hold on. Let me Amazing. I feel like he's like a blurred face because Yeah, let me unblur this background. <laughs> How beautiful. Oh. How wonderful that we get to be here with you for this. Yo, how do I unblur this? Just click on blur. No, go back. No, I clicked on blur. Hold on. Hold on, guys. This is not an actual mansplain. I literally don't know how to unblur my background. Here he is. Guys, this is Tom Tavia. He's back. This is surreal. You look at that. Welcome home. It's so wonderful. Yeah, you 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 both know you both need to go be together, but um Nahama, you're welcome to stay as long as you as long as you can and want. Of course. I will. I Okay. It, it's a, it's an important conversation. The fact that you just walked in. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish that I wish that, that five hundred people were watching because what we're seeing is happening. It happened last week, it's happening this week. It's and that's crazy. one of the, if you will, the nice thing about being this lovely country. The People's Army that were de- were deployed in our backyard. It's not like you're in right. Afghanistan. This is not Iraq. I mean, it is Iraq, but we also live here. You know, forty minutes like... away. My son-in-law came home this week. My son came home this week, and then they zip back. So welcome home. Um, enjoy your respite and and come back without the uniform soon and safely. Amen. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. 
bit.ly/bless-a-soldier.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Yeah. What's been the hardest thing with him being away? You, you mentioned Honestly, your oldest daughter when he left. Yeah, I, it's actually been very difficult to kind of deal with my own anxiety and fears and also keep my children's fears and anxiety at bay. It's really difficult. Like, I don't want to just collapse into like a puddle of tears. I have to be the strong one. But at the same time, I need to also feel my feelings. Um, it's really just a combination of fear and loneliness, I would say. Uh, you know, and then there's like the, just like the, the nitty gritty, like, you know, having to do all of like the household chores on my own. Like I, I have to like wash dishes now. And, you know, I was, I was thanking God for this Robo Rock vacuum the other day. Cause I was like, I don't know how the heck my floors would get clean. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's like practical things like that. And then there's also the emotional component. <sighs> So yeah, fear and anxiety definitely are the over fear, anxiety, and the loneliness. It's hard, you know. He's he's not, he's my best friend. Like he's not just my husband. He's not here. It's really. You have friends that like also their husbands um, got called in. So I actually have one other friend who lives in like a neighboring town, but for whatever reason, in my own neighborhood, I'm one of the only people who has a husband who's in Miluim. Wow. Or 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 meaning other people don't even have a spouse, not a husband or a wife because I live in a unique community and a lot of people moved to Israel post-army. Uh-huh. So they're just Americans that came here like after school. So, and, and it's also a young community. So people's children are not even serving yet. I have one friend in the neighborhood whose son is in the army and one friend in a neighbor, you know, like in a seven minutes away type of neighborhood whose husband is. But I know that like in Efrat or maybe yeah. even in, in a different part of Hemish, there are like, you know, 300 people in a synagogue who, who are called up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know right if rock cleared out on that first day uh, yeah october 7th that time our synagogue as well i can't i was actually for the first time in my life I was supposed to actually read in the torah we could discuss that on a different okay <laughs> yeah, a different well, call, but that was that was going to be the first time that we do it in our kind of new community and i came um that morning of simchat torah that saturday morning um and i'd already known that something's going on and just the synagogue had started emptying out as I was checking, where's there a safe room? Can we bring kids over? Because basically this is the holiday of kids. Um, so I was just kind of checking things around and starting. And as I step out of the synagogue, just notifying all the little kids and all the families that were coming in, I was like, you guys should go home. There's a war. You guys should go home. There's a war. You guys should go home. And as I was standing on the street explaining someone who thought that because we're religious, we don't we, we don't know what's going on. He yelled at me from the porch. He's like, hey, guys, you shouldn't be standing outside. There's a war starting. So it was really like people I don't know, right? <laughs> like super real, super surreal also. Surreal, um, kind of got it in your face um, on that day. I, I was actually wondering, Nava, do you mind, Jonathan, if I, if I ask Nava? No, do you have, no, this is great. Do you have anyone around you? I mean, I have everyone, everyone so, I know. So I think that's one of the biggest struggles here. I have lots of students that are amazing and and. I really appreciate everything they do. They come over, they are with the kids and, and they help like Shabbat usually. So uh, on the Sabbath, we, we host um also Friday nights, usually more um, um uh, lunch. So we have between 50 and 60 students over every Shabbat, which is great. And and they take initiative, initiative. They take like, they cook and they, they, 
they make games and it's really really good but for me as a as a woman and as a mother I don't have friends here so 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 it's like it's difficult because it's it's a very thin line and I can't really share everything with the students because I I mean it is different like we're in a different age and everything um and I'm a kind of a role model so um so this is is one of the most difficult things yeah, the tables have turned, right? And so usually you're the one helping them with all the anti-Semitism that they're going wow, through. Wow, it's so hard for me. They they they're very sweet. Like the community opened a, a meal train for for me to send me every night uh um a meal, which is so helpful. But like I I really had to learn it's so much out of my comfort zone to accept that. Mm. But it's it's helpful, <laughs> which is great. Actually uh a friend of mine in Israel called um, the community up and told them that it might be a good idea to to make a meal trade. So so that was very sweet. But um, yeah, but yeah, it is. It feels also like I really, I really feel everything what's going on in Israel, and then I step out, I go shopping, or I go to university, or I go, and everything's normal. No one. No one, everything's just continuing. And it's, this is so, so hard. And here it's not normal at all. Not anywhere. Not anywhere. Um, Nava, I think you just answered it. And Chevy, you didn't yet. But what's the, but but if you want to add, what's the hardest thing with your husband's not being home? Um, Definitely. I mean, I heard Muhammad, I was actually thinking about that term of like the nitty gritty stuff. And I think that's our day-to-day life. And once our day-to-day life pretty much flipped on its own, like flipped over. It's it again, my, my girls are younger. They're very dependent in me. Um, they, I mean, they like sitting, <laughs> watching on their tablet. I don't like it as much. Um, so for me, you know, usually it would be to go outside to the playground and then you're kind of thinking, okay, can I run fast enough finding my two children in the minute and a half, which is considered a lot, that I have once the siren turns on, goes off, should I go to that playground? Because do I know if there's a safe room in that area? No. So we can't go there. Can we go there? No, I don't want to drive anywhere. I don't want to drive to my parents who are an hour away. Because again, if there'll be a siren on the way, I won't have enough time to take two kids out of their car seats and hide under the car. Just like the weird um, considerations. It's very weird. (laughs) Like It's very strange. Um, someone said today in one of my groups, they were like, it's kind of like COVID, right? Like we're all secluded in our own little bubble, but the difference is that at least now we can hug each other. Um, and that was very sweet that she said oh. that. Um, but so, so in the beginning, that's kind of what I did to really help this. Basically, it's like an explosion ready to explode, but it's being contained the whole time. Like my two children wanting to go outside, wanting to see friends, wanting somewhat of normalcy, and I can't give it to them. Um, and they also don't understand really why. Um, and I think that is a very, it's a very thin line or like a weird balance that yeah. I'm really trying to, um, to figure that out. And it's a, it's a daily struggle, to be honest. What did you explain? Sorry. What, what did you explain your kids where your husband went? Like what's. Oh, that, that was actually the easier part. He went to be a soldier and he's going to protect us. Um, he's actually just now walking right in front of me. Nice to see. He's not. He's not in uniform, but maybe he can also come and say hello soon. We love that. Um, okay, so that wait. was the easy. <laughs> he's walking right in front of me too. 
So I really do feel bad. I just want to bow. We have so few time, you know, so few hours together. Thank you for your understanding. I would love to watch the recording of this because I find it fascinating. Well, Nahama, really, before like, you go, is there anything that I, this is sort of my last question? But what do you want people to know? What's the what's the penultimate thing that people watching and listening right now need to know about what's going on? And you, as a mom whose husband just walked in the house, but for three weeks it wasn't it wasn't here and is going back tomorrow. The penultimate thing is that we need to end this war in the in the quickest way possible, but also get all of our hostages back and, you know, proportionately fight back for what we've, we were attacked in, in the most gruesome manner. I, I There's no words to describe it. So I need it to end because I need my husband back and I need to stop worrying, you know, that he's going to be killed on the front lines. And I also need the hostages back and I need Obviously, normalcy in a certain way is never going to come back to our country. But in what way we can, we need to just end this, whatever that means. I don't know what it means. I'm not a military specialist, okay? But it just needs to end. Like, I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. It's really intense. Even, like you said, like the nitty gritty, like, I'm not the one who gets up in the morning and gets my kids out and, you know, gets them to take their Ritalin. And, like, like even like that, like, I just need my husband to do that. It, and it just needs to end. That's what yeah. I, I wish I had something more articulate to say, but that's, that's all. It's from the heart. Pretty much it. Yeah. From the heart. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. Joining us. Really Thank nice you meeting you. Having me. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you guys. Thank you Thank for you. having me. I'm sending a hug. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sending it right back to you guys. <laughs> You're incredible. <laughs> Keep it up. Thank you so much. Thank you okay. to everyone here. I don't know. I can't even like see who's watching this, but. Thank okay. you for being here. Thank you yeah. for listening. All right. Bye, Thanks. guys. Bye. Bye. Um, we were, I don't even remember who was in the middle of something. I was, and I'm just going to say that my husband refuses to come. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if I say it out loud, hear me. <laughs> he doesn't want to come to the front. That's that's kind of the um, our division between us. I'm in the front and he's in the back end. So okay. that's usually okay. how we get things done. Yeah. Long as um, you say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you were asking about what's really the, the hardest. The oh, I think Nava asked what I said, how, what I explained. Kids. Uh, right. The kids. I was right. just wondering because yeah. that was one thing that that we were struggling with. Yeah. What did you I say, think, Nava? So we told them that, I mean, my two-year-old daughter doesn't, isn't, yeah, doesn't really understand what's going on, but um, um, she does understand that her daddy is not home and she, she shows like she doesn't sleep well. She doesn't eat. So um, she shows it like in that way. But our son, we just told him that there's um, an injured person in Israel and, and Abba go, daddy goes to help him because we wanted to keep it like, don't want to scare him and, and, and say a lot of people. And, and then we also, we also explained how we can help from far. So, um, so, so we are actually in control of the, of the situation. But but then he comes back home from from nursery. And he's going to a Jewish nursery, and he told me, in Israel they're very naughty people, right?" Oh no! I, so, so so I did. Know. I tried. I said, "Yeah, you know, everywhere there's some naughty people, and we have to we have to deal with them." But that's okay. <laughs> but that's why I was just wondering what you said. No, I think also like this situation is actually different. 
I divide uh, my answer or what I explained to them into two different sects because there was that day when things were happening and going on. And, you know, my daughter was super excited to go to the synagogue. She really wanted to see all her friends and dance and whatever. And then, and we contained her in the house and she asked, why am I not going? Why am I not leaving? Why are you blocking the door? Why are you guys frantic around? What? So she was pretty aware of what's going on. And then probably a mistake, but what I said to her was that there are bad people going around and we need to stay safe in our home. And then since then, basically every time we step out or every time there's a siren and we go in the safe room in our house, she asked, are the bad people outside? Now, I had already known at that point that they were going into people's homes. Um, so I think at first I was I was more dealing with that, of the safety of your own home. Like that is no longer a thing here. You cannot be safe even in your own home. And that was really where my head was at. Um, also, at that point, I didn't know that he'll be called up or wasn't sure of it. Um, and then from then, it's already a different story as the, the sirens and, you know, we need to be in a safe room. And once we're in the safe room, we're safe and everything's okay. But every single time the siren turns off, she asks, are the bad guys outside? Um, so I definitely wasn't a good mom at that point, at that point, or at least I didn't didn't know the... We don't get any training in it. I mean, no, no, we should. no. I'm just going to interject watching my daughter with her three and admiring everything that she's going through and knowing how hard it is. I'm going to correct you, Chevy. You, you were never not a good mom. You just said something that you would probably have said differently if you, but you're being an amazing mom for your children. And that's what we're seeing people step up. And that's why it's so hard because Navi, you're right. There's no training for this. Right. There's no training for this at all. And and Chevy, where you are, you, if not daily, awful close to it, you're having you're having air raid sirens. So it's a it's a, an ongoing trauma. Yeah, we had well until now we had I think four or five uh, from the beginning of uh, it's already you know Israelis we joke about these things like oh it had to be during bath time it had to be you know like ten minutes after the kids fell asleep it had to be right he had to do it. Um, so yet again, this evening, there were also jokes about that. Um, uh, but, but yeah, we've had about four or five times. One was 7 PM. One was at 9 30. One was my girls were in their towels in their safe room tonight also. So, um, again, just unfortunately this is becoming the normal. Um, and I wish it weren't. And I don't think that, I, I think someone told me that Israeli children are raised, she, she said that very, very clearly, and, and it just, it hit me, um, that people who move to Israel don't necessarily have that or kind of need to grow that stamina, that we, it's kind of like embedded into us because no matter when you grew up in Israel, there was something going on. So we, I know, I, I know it might. No, no, it's good, but I want to go deeper on that because I've been referring to it as part of our DNA as Israelis. And I don't have that, but I see it with my kids. Yeah, that and they're just, they, they got it once because they, it's something about us. That, but, no, finish. No, it's just, I mean, again, it's not, she, this friend that was mentioning, it was she, her husband is Australian who uh, immigrated to Israel. I grew up in Israel to American parents, but grew up here. And I just, I feel that there's a different, um, the length of how long we can hold our breath <laughs> in these situations um, that is where I think we differ, differ, differ from yeah. other people maybe who moved to Israel because 
we know that it's going to happen again. We know that no matter what, this is part of how we grow up and how we raise our children. Um, I have friends who left that Saturday night. They just flew abroad. Um, and, you know, to each their own, but you can't raise an Israeli child every time that there's something you run away. Like it's, it's, it's not going to work. You have, have to have a lot of mileage <laughs> to make that work. Right. So that was a question actually that a, a few people who, who are following live or who registered asked the question, if you would consider it, Nava, you're not here. And I, and I suspect part of you, this is an interesting question. If you could just pick up and come back right now, would you? Um, right. I mean, not, we did think of it um, when when Zacharia got called in. If I and the kids should also go to Israel, but because so there are two two um um things. So because we live here and the kids have their their schools here and their friends here, and I just wanted to maintain this like stability for them. Yeah. So it was pretty clear for us that we are staying right now. We. We don't know how long Zachary is going to be gone. So, so eventually, if it if I see it's too long and it's it's too heavy for me, like of course, I mean Israel is yeah. home. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, I just feel like as as a chaplain, as like my work here is so so important right now to be with the students, go talk to the university. Just there's so much going on, and I would have. I would. I mean, I feel like every, and I, I really believe that that Zachary is doing his job in Israel now, and I'm doing my job here. And I believe that for everyone, like everyone, wherever he is, doesn't have to be in Israel. It could be anywhere. They just do their their job to 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 help. To help. Right. Right. So, Excellent answer. But now I have a question for you. I wanted to pick up on something Chevy said because she was uh, born and grew up here. You did. You weren't. You 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 came to Israel as an adult, and now you're three years out of Israel as an emissary, um, how how do you feel like you're dealing with this differently, uniquely? Um, it's not part of your DNA. No, yet. it's not. I grew up in Switzerland. In Switzerland, we're very used to, you have a problem, <laughs> you sit down and you talk about it, um, which, whatever we see in history, doesn't really work in Israel. And with our neighbors, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was in Israel once. We were, um, we were married for three weeks, and then there was a, as a, a, a war called mm-hmm. Suketan. I'm not sure what it's protective edge. Protective okay, so Zachariah went in, like, went into the army for a month, and I was, I didn't see him, and it was, it was really, really hard, like, hard on, you know. Our marriage, our young marriage, but um, also our um, individual. Um, there's lots of fear, lots of yeah. I'm not sure if I if I would say I would be different than Israelis, but but maybe it's less normal. It's it's definitely less normal. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. 
And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. How is this war? I mean, Chevy, you were watching it live. You were, from, from all of the hats that you wear unfolding, you knew that morning what was going on. You, know, you didn't know, we, none of us knew how bad. bad. How has how this impacted your faith, either of you? I don't think it, imp- I, I don't feel like it impacted my faith. I think it actually, I think this time around is very different. I feel like um, it's like a holy war in essence. Like, and it's at least, you know, for Jews, a holy war means uh, a, a, a war you must go to. A groom on the night of his wedding must go to this war. Like, I feel like that's really where where I'm at. It's funny because right before this whole thing happened, we were also on a week off. It was the holiday of Sukkot, and we were all on the week off with our kids. And my husband owns his own private business, so he was working the whole time. And again, it was just me with the kids. I was losing my mind, losing it, really. I was like this close and jumping off the cliff. Like I was really, really bad. Uh, it was It was a very hard very hard time. And then two weeks into this war, my husband was like, I didn't hear you. Like, you know, you're not complaining about anything. How could this be? (laughs) Like just two weeks ago, you were in a different position. I was like, because I don't know, there's something about the belief that this is needed, right? Like I understand, I get it. I get why this is needed. I get why you need to be there and I'm here. And it's different because when you were just at work, I didn't get it. Um, You know, and now, now I do. And I think that's really where I think in general, like all Israeli society is at, we all really feel like this is something, this is big. And this is really something that we should, that it's kind of, I, I, I didn't really hear anyone talking about it as like God sent, right? Because it's it's hard to, to address that um, in that sense. Um, but But in a way, we kind of all feel the need to protect ourselves. We understand um, why we're doing this. So I think the faith in God just, either solidified or even got stronger. Right. In that sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Impacted does not mean necessarily diminishing. I think you, I think you get a good answer. Nava, what you want to add anything? Yeah, no, I agree. I also, I'm, I'm, I'm less like uh, asking myself how and, and why. And it's like, like things that, that we're able to read from the news. It's just like, it's horrible. It's horrible, horrible. But um, I do feel like, I, I do feel now that we all we are coming together to do something yeah so important and I'm I'm more busy asking God to help our nation to you know to be protected and to get done whatever has to be done to to get to peace. So so that's more my conversation with God. 
Yeah. I also think that as a society, I think we've all become more religious, even if it's for the moment. <laughs> like wow. you see a lot of secular soldiers or reservists all of a sudden, you know, saying the Kiddush Friday night or doing the blessings of the Sabbath and stuff like that. Like you can see people, um, I've seen questions to rabbis, can you eat non-kosher food or food that was made in a non-kosher home that's been donated by civilians, right? So like people are are really being, I, I guess we're it's like a more round than, than we usually are. Right. I, I can't, for lack of a better term. Um, it's, it's not like, okay, my way and your way and we'll never meet, but rather we're creating something a little bit more holistic without even noticing. Um, and without it feeling like everyone was talking about in the news that just the week before this thing, they were talking about in Tel Aviv, will they allow the dancing to be mixed dancing or will it be separate dancing in the streets of Tel Aviv? During Simchat Torah, right? The, so there was, there mixed was a, and separate. The the the, Jew, the traditional Jewish um, um, custom custom is that men and women celebrate and 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 pray worship Separate. separately. And there have been a lot of conflicts on that right. in the public sphere recently. So they're they're talking a lot about you know just a week ago we were talking about that and now who cares about that? like now we're all like we're all in this together, right? It doesn't feel like that there are different societies or different communities like we're all. All for one and one for all <laughs> has never been more true for Israelis, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. I feel this here with our students, like students that are not interested, not in nothing, nothing. They come up and they, um, yeah, they just stand up for themselves. We had right. a vigil on a campus like uh, a week ago and about 300 students came with flags and there were speeches wow. and we all sang Hatikva and Students that like I've never seen. I didn't don't, didn't even know they no. exist. So wow, can continue definitely to strength, something happening. Continue to strengthen that because it's not going to be easy for them in the it's coming bad. weeks for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Chevy, you mentioned your husband has his own business. How are things economically? How are you able to to manage? A lot of Israelis are out of work right now. Um. Well, first of all, the government had already. Everyone has already addressed that the government might repay businesses, but nobody's really getting into that just yet because we're not sure how long this is going to be. Right. Um, but his family, it's a family business. So basically his dad has really taken, right. taken a lot of the toll. Um, I actually have not gotten back to work. Um, and that was, it's kind of, it's like one of those things that, you know, I can try to juggle but then I can have all three balls fall on my head because that's what's going to happen if I even try. So the first thing I said was work comes last in the priorities. And first, it's the people of Israel or my family, yeah. people of Israel, the state of Israel. It's kind of Freudian, Freudian that I flip those because sometimes I do feel like I put my family back. If we're going back to what I said in the beginning, um, it took me four days to put my girls in front of a tablet so that I can do something that helps the society four days and then since then I never looked back like they have every day there's a time where they sit on their tablet because I need to do something for the people of Israel for the state of Israel <laughs> like I, I I can't it's 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 bigger than me um so at, at the moment I don't know what's going to happen with my job um but I shouldn't you're not allowed to fire anyone during this period that's really um the only law that came out or that's explicitly said that you cannot fire anyone if the reason why they didn't come to work is whether they were called on reserve duty or that their spouses were called on reserve duty and they have kids under the age of 14. So you're not allowed to fire none. So at least my job is secured. Will I get paid? I don't know. Right. Um, but, you know, 
come what may. <laughs> right. And Nava, you and Zahari are there as a team. Yeah. Does it impact you financially? So so I don't think it will impact us financially, but I do take his workload also, mm. which um which is a lot. And I just miss like let for for example, tonight we had uh the chief rabbi over on campus. The chief and rabbi he, of the United Kingdom. The, yeah. He came right. uh to speak to us and um it was a very really really amazing that he came um but usually i'm more um you know i go out with uh with students for for coffees and 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 shabbat meals and stuff but now i had to be in the front line i organized all the security i organized i had to speak and it's like it's not me and i just also when i prepared the speech i was like I can't really call Zachariah up now. I I don't know what he's up to. Like he's not gonna answer me. So thank God I had like I, I spoke to my brother, but but I really miss that. Like I can't mm-hmm. I can't talk to him for for whenever I want, whenever I need. Right. So so that's that's what what's like it's challenging. I get it. Um. What what's you, you, Nava? You're sitting in England. Zachariah's here. Obviously, he's in a place where people are getting hurt or risk getting hurt and Chevy your husband is on the is in the north and 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 the concern of and and there have been cross-border incidents there um and everyone's just holding their breath to see what's going to happen what are your biggest concerns obviously no you go no you go no obviously it's it's uh that's something like that he might might get injured I also like on on a Friday night when I was the kids I I put them to sleep we had a nice Friday night dinner um and then I put them to sleep and then like it hit me I was like if something happens now to to Zachariah I'm here I don't even know who's gonna tell me like is no one's gonna come knock I don't like I I don't know what's, what's gonna happen um so that that really kind of freaked me out um yeah I think that's that's the most and then obviously also um God willing he's gonna come back (laughs) um but then the PTSD is there any like any trauma any yeah things that have to be worked on yeah um I'm, I'm gonna tap into that and just gonna say that that's also part of the reason why I didn't leave um, you had asked Nab if she would leave and come back to Israel. And, and I was offered quite a few times to leave, including by my mother-in-law saying, I really feel more safe if you weren't here. You know, take the kids, just go to the States, go be with your family. Um, and, you know, I said to her, but what if something, God forbid, happens to him? I can't be, you know, however many miles away. I can't. Like it, That's not a thing. I I, I will not survive that. Um, I need to be able to reach him as soon as possible and just you know, God forbid. Um, so I, I, I connect to that completely. And I, you know, everyone's afraid of that knock. And, and you're saying that in a way I won't even get the knock. Um, right. That's, yeah, right like, uh, terrible, just terrible. So I, I'm, I'm so sorry for you that you're feeling that it's, that, that's hard. That's, that's really hard to feel that. Um, and, and I share that fear quite a bit. Um, my daughter asks me every time we go on the siren, you know, or almost every day, Jess, is is Abba, is daddy going to come home? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to come home? 
Um, just recently, she started ask, asking about death, just in general, <laughs> regardless of this whole story, you know, like people going up to the sky. So she says, well, will Abba go up to the sky? Um, and I really believe in like a eye-to-eye level conversation with my daughter, even though she's five. But I, at the beginning, I said, I hope so. I hope he'll come back. I really hope he doesn't. I hope he comes back. At some point, I realized that I need to change the yeah. narrative and say, yes, he will. Um, that's why that's why I was feeling like not not really a good parent because I'm I'm messing oh, around with everything that I believe in um, in terms of parenting. Like everything is just warped. Um, so it feels like not not the correct parenting that I want, right? Not necessarily like in, as a general, as an objective thing, but just for what I want for my children and for my family. But um, I realized that she needs that. She needs to know that it'll be okay. She needs to know that her dad's going to come back. Um, today, I think really solidified that, um, that she, she got to see him. Thank um, God. And yeah. And, you know, I don't know how it's, what's going to happen tomorrow morning when he leaves. Um, so we're going to have to mediate that in some way. If anyone has good tips for that, I'd love to get some. Um, but, but yes, like it's, it's very, it's very scary. And I think also, I mean, my husband is an only child, so I I also have my parents, my in laws to think about. Um, wow! And I just re- just this week realized that she just didn't know that he was a combat soldier, and that's why she was like going about pretty easily. And I was like, "No, he's not an intelligence. He's <laughs> he's a combat soldier." She's like, "What?" Um, so then I kind of realized that okay, I now I have them too. I mean, I always knew that I have them too, but it's, it's, it's also a toll. It's also something you need to take into account. Um, and, and, you know, like I have all of these, all of these fronts of my own. Um, that's why I really loved the the title that you gave to this talk, because we really are at our own front and it's completely different. Um, our children changed immensely in these two and a half weeks. Like my, my husband said, like she grew taller. No, wow. she didn't. When did she start talking like that? She has like this new intonation, like a music she's doing to her voice. And I'm like, I don't know. It's been there. But he, for him, it's such a big gap between where we left and where we are now. Um, And I think that will be the biggest challenge when this ends to kind of figure out how do you pave the way back or more towards where you want it to be. So, yeah, but let me ask you a question, Chevy. You were born, you were born here, right? Correct. Okay. So, and you're 37. Yes. What's your earliest recollection? This is all, I mean, all of our kids, my, my, we're here not quite 20 years, but all of our kids have experienced trauma. They've been to funerals they never should have gone to, um, of, 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 if not entire families, horrific things. And now, and now even more, what's your earliest trauma? How do you rewind? What I I can't remember where we were 34. Two years ago, when when you're when you were your daughter's age, but where do you remember this seeping into your DNA? Well, if you have another hour, <laughs> we could address okay. that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm kidding, but not kidding because it really does take a lot. Just by your throughout your question, I was thinking about a few um, situations. I was born in Israel, moved to the states for four years, and came back for first grade in 1992 when all the people my age went just the summer before um, it was the Gulf war and they were all in their safe rooms 
which weren't in their houses back then. And they were all talking about how they decorated their gas masks. And they, you know, it was a thing that they did then. And I was the only one who couldn't tell that story. Right. And I was living an entire life with FOMO that I never decorated that brown box of the gas mask. And I was, that, that was my story until the second intifada started in 2000. Um, and I was in ninth grade. Um, and someone I knew, Kobe Mandel, was murdered um, near his house. And I was at his funeral. Um, and then a few months later, I was supposed to be in a terror attack, um, really saved by five minutes. I took a shower that morning and I missed the ride with my then best friend's aunt. Um, by the time I got to my best friend's house, her aunt was murdered um, in that same car ride that we were supposed to take with her. Um, so that was the second funeral <laughs> of someone I knew. Um, and I was in 10th grade at that point. Um, once I got to the army, I was, when I was 18, I was able to say, proudly say, um, that I, that I attended more funerals in my life than I did weddings. Um, and that's, I think, again, when you go into the army, knowing that, you know, you've gone through all of this. I know all, like friends used to come to school from Jerusalem to, um, Lunch, where I studied and they were like, yeah, they threw uh, a cocktail Molotov bottle at us on the bus on the way here. Like that was unfortunately the norm, um, you know, till this day, I, I know that I have, I self-diagnosed myself with PTSD from um, the tractors because there was a terror attack when I was in the army. I was an officer leading soldiers um, through the streets of Jerusalem. And we were, I don't know, in miles, but in meters, we were about a half a kilometer away from um, a terrorist in a tractor, riding a tractor and just killing people um, with a vehicle. And since, you know, I was the responsible grown up, mind you, I was 19 and a half at that point. Um, and I was responsible of all my uh, soldiers. Maybe I was 20. Um, and till this day, I, I will, I, I have like a little bit of an anxiety attack when I pass by tractors. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, I remember something, actually, my dad doesn't remember this story, but um, when I was in 10th grade, there was a terrorist attack in Efrat. I don't know if you guys know about that, um, in the area where I lived, uh, which is the older neighborhood of Efrat. And um, there was a terrorist who tried to get into the supermarket. Oh, yeah. And my, that best friend, her dad was the one who shot that terrorist down. And my mom was across the street. She was on her way to the supermarket. Uh, came running home, but I can see the supermarket from the window of my room. Yeah, and I and the, the body of the of the terrorist was laid there for a really long time. It felt like hours. And I remember asking my dad, you know, the Muslims when they um, when they die as a shaheed, you know, as there's a martyr. The martyr. martyr. Yeah, um, there's like this whole ceremony and whatever, and they stay away from pigs and whatnot. I was like, why don't we just bury him? Like wrap him up with pig whatever and you know blow him up or whatever like why why are we even dealing with his body why do we even care um about this terrorist he came to kill me why should i give a damn yeah. about him um and my dad said something that he doesn't remember but i will never forget um and he said because we're jews we don't do that wow um and so so again i think and this memory just came up the other day um when they were talking when the how do you say zaka i don't i don't know how the 
Zaka is the is the organization here in Israel that, among other things, primarily has um, gives proper respect to human remains. Right. So they were discussing about you know their uh, moral dilemmas because they're looking through bodies and they don't know if it's a terrorist or if it's uh, a Jewish citizen of Israel, and they're really giving respect to all of them. Ah, true. Um, Good that, point. And that there was there was a there was a whole discussion with them. Uh, about it and then that that story came again so really it comes about everywhere just yeah. yeah everywhere i want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the genesis 123 foundation this year we have been going out all throughout the judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism it doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at Genesis123 dot co slash bless a soldier that's genesis one two three dot co slash bless a soldier and when you do you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people please join us what do you each what, what what did I interrupt? You want to finish? Something? No, no. I'm just saying it. Just it's just so sad. Like now that I'm talking about it, even it's, more. It's I'm pervasive, saying. and 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 so with, what prompted my question is: you want your daughter to be normal again, but unfortunately, albeit that this is an extreme situation, this is her normal growing up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you each need the most now? I guess, like Zachariah back home, if that would be an option. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as I said, the community here is great, and um, the kids are doing well, which is which is really good to know. Um, but me for myself, I just need that hug. That, um, yeah, telling me, okay, like someone telling me you're doing well, you're doing good. I. I mean, can tell myself, but hearing it from someone else is a, uh, is a, uh, yeah. Is Anyone wants important. to put some love in the Q and A for Nava and Chevy? <laughs> um, I think you're doing great, Chevy. What do you need? What do you need the most right now? It's funny because today he came back, yeah. so I'm I'm a completely different person. Um, this morning I was a wreck. Yeah. Um, before he told me he's coming home, I really was a mess. Um. So yes, definitely for them to be back. But also, again, on the other hand, I know why he's there. Um, so that kind of gives me like, you know, eyes on the prize, right? Like I know where we're going. Um, it's It sounds very weird, but I need daycare to work. I know it sounds very strange and it's such a, how did Nechama say like the nitty gritty, but I need to, some alone time. I need no children asking me to do something, give them something, be something for them. So that I could just be for me, just one minute. Um, Do you not have any daycare in Israel? What's going on? No, um, my oldest daughter just now uh, started. So yesterday was her first day, and today she has she had again. 
But my youngest daughter, um, she has daycare, but the entire staff are all Arab. Um, and not that I don't trust the Arab workers, that the staff, they're incredible, but I don't trust their brothers, cousins, people who might be threatening them. Yeah. I don't know who their other circles are. And, and again, from the fear of sounding racist and I'm not, it's just, I don't know. I can't trust it. And I'm not going to play Russian roulette with my daughter's life. Um, you know, all they need to know is just the code for the gate and that's it. There's no security there. There's nothing. Um, so I just need daycare. <laughs> you know, it sounds very strange. No, no, but that... It's so understandable. It's like, oh. yeah. Um, yesterday morning, the both kids were out for, um, for like almost a whole day. And it was like the first time where I just, I took a cup of coffee and I went, I went for a walk. I, first time I realized that it, that it had became, it become fall. It's autumn here. All the trees are like, all the leaves fell down. But I felt like, because I'm so, so in what's going on and, and it's see. running and trying to keep everything running. It's like, I, I didn't it realize that, which is so wow. weird. Wow. So, so weird. Wow, ladies, this is such a great personal conversation. I'm so grateful. I'm I'm also mindful. I committed to you that I didn't want to take up your time. Um, you both have sleeping kids, and hopefully they will be for the night. Yeah, and oh, beautiful! Now <laughs> <laughs> he's a real soldier, Excellent. falling asleep everywhere and anywhere. Good, good, good. He should rest well. Um, that's that's a beautiful view, and I'm glad you have that there live. Um, but I do want to wrap up. I do want to ask people if they have questions, we'll try to get to them um, when we put out an appeal for, for sending some love. So, Nava, whoever's cloning you here uh, as Nava number two, says, I, Nava, you're an ama- you amazing, a real superwoman. I would like to echo that for both of you. <laughs> and how Shali, who we're going to hear from also, um, had, had said something like that. Um, now, I, I shared with the with the two of you and with Nahama who was here and another woman whose husband also came home and, and thank God she's that that's where she belongs. Not on a, not on a zoom right now. Um, that most of our, most of the people following this are Christians and they're praying and their support. Um, they're donating tremendously generously to the uh, Genesis one, two, three foundation as Israeli Jews. How does that make you feel knowing that you're getting, we're getting so much love and support from Christians around the world? I have to answer that. I have to say, sorry, I'm like jumping the gun right here, but I have to say one of, I have a friend from my previous, um, it's going to answer your question. Um, He is a pilot, an Israeli idea. I'm sorry to interrupt. My daughter's up. So I'll just, I'm going to be back in a second. Okay. Okay. These are the important Um, things. So a friend of mine who's a, who is a pilot, a combat pilot in the IDF, he's a Druze pilot, which is pretty unheard of. Um, he called me up this week for a pep talk. Wow. I, last week. It was exactly a week ago. And I didn't know why he chose me. I didn't know, you know, that like we haven't spoken for a really long time, probably a little over a year. Um, and just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I, and usually when there's... Um, combat rounds I said a text him because we usually start with the air force so I always say like we're behind you right so like I always give him like one thing like take care of yourself and we're behind you um and this time he called me up and I was I was analyzing that conversation for days it gave me so much strength the fact that he allowed me to talk 
um, and he wanted to hear what we have to say or what I specifically had to say um, and giving me that place to vent and to share and, and, and really to unite. And I have to say that tonight I'm feeling the same thing. Like, even though I don't see mm. your faces, but I know that you're in the back end, just listening. It, it really gives that feeling of togetherness and support. And it's kind of like a really nice, nice, comfortable pillow right behind me. Exactly when my back hurts, like that's really what wow. it is. Um, and that's why I didn't, I didn't give up on this, even though Jonathan, I did tell you that I might not be able oh, to, but, but, you know, I, I, I really needed this also a little bit for myself, um, you know, for our soul to, to be able to talk and to let out emotions and let out thoughts and kind of echo it with other people that we know that will be listening and can do something with this. Um, I think that is it, it. It's a healing process for us as well. So thank you guys for, for attending this as well. Yeah. Nava, anything? Yeah. And I also, I, I didn't, I missed the beginning, but I just wanted to say that I really believe that um, everyone with their own prayers really makes a difference. So, so I, I really appreciate, like, I, again, I can't see your faces, but I really appreciate whoever took the time. I know time is, uh, um, is something that we don't have a lot enough. Um, so, so I really appreciate for whoever joined tonight. Yeah. Um, so there are people joining live and echoing Luann. Thank you for your lovely message about your support. Um, in the U.S., American Christians and and Pauschali in Germany. We're going to, have to speak with you in just a few minutes. Um, a lot of the questions came from people. A lot of the questions repeated the same uh, same thing, and it segues a little bit from what we just talked about. How can people pray for you? In, maybe, I think there's like a something like a understanding about Christianity, maybe something that we're missing. What is that? No, what the people are asking, what, how can they pray? What can they pray? What, what, what strength, what do they need to be praying for, for each of you and that, and let that, that govern their prayers as they're also having conversations with God. Yeah, I think, oh, peace. That's, you know, Nahama said it really simply before. Um, but I think that's really what we, we want. And I think maybe I'll, I'll think about it a little bit more. Aside, aside yeah, from I, peace and everyone coming back safely. I agree, okay. peace in general, but I think right now what I the prayer I would need the most is um just staying strong and um doing the best I can. Like there's having... gonna be there's gonna be more that you both think about, and I'm gonna ask you mm-hmm. not just invite you, but ask you to please send me a note because I'd like to share that as a follow-up. People want to know and, and they're having it. They're, they're eavesdropping on a very intimate conversation and mm-hmm. each of you represent many, many, many other women in different scenarios. So the more that you think about, please, please do share that with me. Um, I do have maybe, maybe something else. Sure. Um, as I was mentioning the healing process, I think as a society, we're going to need it. Um, we've gone through a lot in the last year. And this war is kind of putting all that aside. But once yes. this calms down, I know for sure that you know, it's already popping up again. Um, so I think like as a society, we're in trauma. Um, so just pray that we'll have the the understanding and the compassion towards each other um, dealing with this in the aftermath. Because right. um, now it's easy or relatively easy. 
relatively but, easy. Right. But later it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for us as a society to come back from this. Yeah, it is. Um, thank you for that. I'm going to ask you each one last question. And at the same time, we're going to be in, bringing in three people who are now just watching. And, and we're going to close out with each of them um, offering their own prayers. But just before Nahama left, I asked her, what's the thing that you want the world to know? What, what, what have we not discussed? What, what do you need people who are hearing you tonight, today, or, or, in a recording um, at some point afterward, what do you want people to know? I think I, I mentioned that before, but just knowing that everyone, wherever they are, they can make a difference. And is it by praying, by um getting together and, and and do something nice to like for for the society or anything um I, I really really believe that this this is helps helps that helps bring peace over to everyone um yeah amazing that is um i i was i was gonna go in a different direction any direction um, go for it i, I echo what you're saying naba um i think the most important thing for me is to know what you're spreading around. Um, there's a lot of, you know, fake news, even by people who care and people who want to support Israel and the Israelis and the Jews. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of misconception and a lot of um, like, even my family members, you know, they ask me, Oh, I read this on the news. Can you tell me if this is true or not? Um, and just, just to be aware that there's a psychological war in addition to the physical war. Um, and it's each and every one of our responsibility to not add <laughs> to the psychological war and really to be um, cautious about what we're spreading and how we're spreading it. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really something I've noticed from people that have been talking to me that aren't from my immediate circle. Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty important for me. Um, Shadi and Nava and Nahama who left. I mean, I I knew this was an important conversation because I see what's going on and and I see and I and I and I neglected to ask, but you you each kind of addressed it in, in terms of the support of um, wider family units and and uh, parents and grandparents and in laws. Um, and again, I can just reflect that from our personal experience. Um, Thank you so much for for, for joining and taking the time. Um, what I'm going to do now, and I hope you'll stay just to to listen, because I always find this to be so helpful and inspiring. Um, three friends who are who are have joined. Um, Samantha, you were just unmuted for a moment, but maybe you'll join us first because you're also sitting in Tel Aviv. If you can unmute yourself, and you've got you're they're excellent, beautiful. And I would love it if you would begin. We talked about you possibly doing some uh, prayers, um, the, the prayers for the state of Israel and for our soldiers, which are so important. Okay, Jonathan, can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, can I make a comment before? Yes. Okay, uh, about what I, I think it was Chevy who mentioned that people who usually have nothing to do with Shabbat or maybe not religiously inclined, but this is 
the, that the attacks have changed uh, how people are thinking and feeling. Can, can you all hear me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would like to say that I live in North Tel Aviv, which is, you know, the left of Israel. And what she said is a thousand percent correct. The, this, I mean, it's obviously, you know, the attacks, you know, were atrocious. Um, but I hear it from people outside. This is, it's really touched people in terms of their Zionism, in terms of their nationalism. I mean, I live right by the university in Ramad Aviv. So I'm really in, you know, I'm in the center of it. And yep. uh, it really resonates. It really, what she said is completely true. Even her. thank you for sharing that. Did you want to pick up with those two prayers? Um, okay, I have a short prayer for the welfare of soldiers in Israel. Great. If everyone can hear. Um, okay. May He who blessed our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob bless the soldiers of the IDF who keep guard over our country and cities of our Lord. From the border with Lebanon to the Egyptian desert and from the Mediterranean Sea to the approach to the Arava, be they on land, sea, or air. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Joan Bingham, um, I mentioned before, is a good, not just family friend, but we're family. Um, And I know you notice you're unmuted. Can we ask you to join us in prayer? Yes. I just want to start by saying that to say that this has moved my heart would be an understatement. And um, I feel like we have, I have new friends today to pray for and not, not just friends, but now family, but I'm so thankful. And I appreciate Jonathan asking me to be a part of this. This is, I've had a trying year this year, Yes. but in comparison to what you're going through, it's been nothing. And so I just want to say that, in the 121st Psalms, it teaches us that he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber or sleep. And I know that this has caught everyone off guard, but it didn't catch God off guard. And my prayer is that when fear comes, that he replaces it with a faith beyond all understanding. Second Samuel 22 says, God is our strength and our power, and he maketh our way perfect. And many times when it's hard to see that the way could be perfect, he does and he can make the way perfect. I'm a living example of that. And as a military mom and as a grandmother, it's my prayer that God will just empower and he'll protect your husbands, those that are listening that have wives or sisters in, that God will protect. And I say Jehovah Rapha. He is the God that healeth. And it not just physical healing, but he's one that can heal spiritually and emotionally. And from here on out, that's my prayer for each one of you and your family and all of those, but especially you since I've met you. And I thank God that we have been a part of this and will continue to be a part. And if there's any need that you have personally, you contact Jonathan and Jonathan will contact us and we'll see that it's met for you, for your children, for somebody in your community. Uh, That's why we as Christians are here. You gave us our Savior, and we will forever be indebted for that. So we're here to help and pray for you and surround you with a wall of prayer. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Joan. And please thank send you. love to your family, who is my family. Thank you, Jonathan. Haushali um, is joining us from uh, Germany. Yeah, hi. I'm 
I'm just so touched. I mean, it's really incredible. And I'm a mother to five kids, so I totally get so many of the things that you were talking about. And I will just give you an encouragement. You have really taken parenting to another level, really. You are so brave. And I mean, never for a moment doubt what you say to your kids because, you know, God knows, you know, God knows your needs. And that's what I see as our duty is to comfort, comfort the people of God, which is you guys in Israel. And I just wanted to share a verse from Isaiah chapter 41. And this is for you, for your husbands, uh, where your God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not frightened, for I am your God. I strengthen you and I help you. I uphold you with my victorious right hand. So this is for you and your families, your children. And um, yeah, I pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob for Zachariah, for Tovia, for David, that all of them will um, just win this war and return back home safely to their wives and children. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. Um... Uh, I'm I'm moved and I'm grateful. Um, thank you for giving us your evening, your precious hours. That I, I know that I'm, and I'm glad it was. If it was comforting and important time for you, but you also need time to close your eyes and rest and and um, have the physical strength to go through the endurance that you are and will. Um, so I just want to thank you both here, still live in the Chama, of course who was with us at the beginning. Um, and I want to echo what Joan said, um, that any, first of all, anyone who can give should please do so at our website, uh, love.genesis123.co, love.genesis123.co. Um, all of that is being dedicated to our Israel emergency campaign. And everyone who gives as little as a dollar, you're just making a difference. Um, I can't thank everybody because there have been thousands, um, but I do thank you all for for following and for listening, and I look forward to having a recap a month after whenever this war ends to know that you and your families are all okay and and uh, still doing the great parenting that you're doing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you so much for having Good us. Good night. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Every episode since we've been recording, Inspiration from Zion has offered you the opportunity for a special gift at the end of every program. And for the remainder of this year, at least, we're offering you a special opportunity to receive a copy of our stunning new book, Israel the Miracle. All we ask that you do is like the Inspiration from Zion social media and follow us there. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we select one person at random every month to receive a copy of this magnificent book. And friends, this is going to be a tremendous blessing to you and your family. We are grateful that this podcast is sponsored, as always, by the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area and want to stop by and thank them for helping make conversations like this possible, I know that that would be appreciated. And also special thanks to our friends, the Coyne family, for their meaningful sponsorship. 
inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining to help us continue the dialogue and build bridges, and especially at this time of war. This episode is sponsored by a very generous donor in honor of the soldiers of the IDF, the men and women who are now on the front lines, whether they're in bunkers or whether they're in tents or they're camped out somewhere else on the ground. We pray that they will uh, act swiftly, be victorious, and come home safely soon. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or special occasion, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments always as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here on Inspiration from Zion, where we'll bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you.